Unified. Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here as always, my co-host at Birdsaw. Mr. Birdsaw, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Happy off-season. Happy middle of January. Winter's finally here. Yeah, no leagues to, you know, look at, no ranks to kind of update. Well, my dynasty ranks, but those are those are pretty much done. And uh and yeah, it it's it, it's it, it feels nice to just like take my, my foot off the gas pedal a little bit and just be in cruise control right now and just Is winter your favorite season? Because no. you, you no? No. I hate winter. Fun fun fact, they actually had the seasonal depression thing. And uh yeah, so winter winter fucks me up. Yeah, it's the it's the lack of vitamin D. Oh yes, sun, it is. It's because the sun isn't out. I mean, Adam, just look at me. I'm I, I look like you, pasty. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it's terrible. You're right. It's absolutely awful. I need that. I, vi- I need that vitamin D. I need to be a bronze bombshell. Right now, I'm just a, 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 a pasty Adam. I don't want to be a pasty Adam. Don't be a pasty Adam. <laughs> Do you want to be a pasty Adam or do you want to switch from cable and get direct TV? I know what I'd rather do. <laughs> it's like those uh, Old Spice commercials. So it's like, look at your look at your man. Now back to me. Now back at your man and back to me. <laughs> only only I, I, I could say that I don't do Old Spice body wash. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely sh- like choking for life here. What's your favorite season? Summer. Summer. Come on now. When is my birthday, uh, Adam? It is in the summer. I the summer solstice, motherfucker. It is the summer solstice. We love I, uh, yes, we do. Longest day of the year. For um, a fucking reason. <laughs> I don't the know. Lord I like wanted his most strongest, his strongest soldier to celebrate his birthday the longest. And to the Lord, I say, thank you very much, sir. I like the, it's definitely, it used to be the summer, but now that I live in a desert where it's like a hundred degrees every summer, I'm like, you know what? Fall is probably where it's at. Even though in Utah, there's like two weeks of fall. It's like the summer, fall, and then winter. It's like snows in November and it sucks. Winter is just like, it. it's an extended winter over here. Yeah. I mean, l- last year we got snow in early March. And it was it was rough. I tell you what, I'm looking I mean, forward. Good, I'm looking forward to those golf days and pickleball days like nothing. Yeah, I mean, good for the ski resorts, but not good for anybody else. No, 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 no. I I, I despise it. I despise it. We are um, we're we're ready for summer. Ready for summer. Ready ready for some pickleball. Ready for some you know some dink and drink. You know what the dink and drink, Adam? Shout out to my dink and drink people. <laughs> <laughs> Love the dink and drink, and looking forward to some some G. You know about that G money? Oh, you know who knows about that G money? Mister Caster, Mister Caster. And we're not talking about Adam Caster. No, 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 no. That that's that's Boy Caster. No, 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 no. Mister Caster, the Mister Caster knows a thing or two about some G money. Oh, that's a great guy. I love him. Shout out Mr. to Mister Caster. Great guy. Mister Stephen Herbert Caster. Great Steve? guy. Steve. I never knew that was your father's name, or maybe I did. But I'm never going to call your father Steve. It's Mr. Caster. Mr. Caster. I'm, I'm, I'm a respectful man. Mr. Caster. Yes. Great guy. Yep. Anyway, so let's uh, 
I know winter sucks. I hate the winter. The cold sucks. Um, mm-hmm. If I had to go to Dolphins Chiefs, I would just I don't know. I'd hate it. Hey, it was thirty one dollars to get to get a ticket to that game just to get just to get the stadium was thirty one dollars. You have to pay me to get into that stadium. With that weather, you'd have to pay me. <laughs> true, true. It's a great opportunity to segue and move swiftly into the playoffs and talk about how the Dolphins haven't won a playoff game in 24 years. Yep. What a, what a sad sack franchise. Well, it, it, it's it's basically what I've said all along about, about Tua and the questions that I've had about Tua. The guy could just be an above-average game manager, and when you have to have him win you a game, he may not be able to win you a game. And we'll have that conversation about somebody else in in in, in just a little while because, yes, I, I most certainly have my thoughts. And fun fact, I have not talked about it all week. And well, I'm I don't I, right now. I don't think it was his fault, but that's not that's besides the point. Not oh, entirely we'll his there. fault. We'll 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 get there. We will mo- we will most certainly get there, and, and honestly, probably spend the most amount of time on it. Um, but, but Tua yeah. is we. It's a weird situation. I saw somewhere somebody was like, "Well, the hip injury when he was at Alabama really fucked his career." And sure, sure, but go go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I don't, I don't well, it's like the range of motion or something like that because your hips are really important when yeah, you're a quarterback. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why Dak like does those Dak does those exercises that people make fun of him for before Absolutely. every it's, game. It's, it's like with golf. Where where yeah. does where does your most of your power come from? Sure. I mean, you gotta really, you know, maintain your form with with your arms and make sure, you know, you get that elk that elk cooking uh on your backswing. But where's the hip and the where's the power come from with your golf swing? It's all in the rotation of your of, of your hips. Same thing same with the with a quarterback. Yep. It's, I'm sure, a terrible golfer and I know that. It's arm strength, absolutely, but where do you generate the torque from? Generate you generate from your hips. Yeah, there's a reason why quarterbacks don't throw standing, you know, directly facing the, uh, you know, the receiver and everything. Yes, yes. you know, abs- absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, there, there are massive questions that are uh, around the Dolphins right now, and 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 also I'll, I'll take a bit of the the heat off of off of Tua as well. I, I just really didn't think that. Uh, Mike McDaniel really had a great game. I thought he coached a very scared game. I thought the overall offensive game plan was very scared. Um, they didn't take a lot of shots downfield. I mean, you also got to remember too. And that's how the Miami Dolphins really stomped on a lot of their opponents this year was with that big play and throwing those bombs downfield to Tyreek and, and to Jalen Waddle to, to an extent when he, when he was available uh, and on the field. But they really didn't do that all that much in, in, in this game. And the one time that they did, it, it ended up being the only touchdown that they had in the day on a touchdown pass to, to, to Tyreek. So it, it, there, were, there were a lot of questions that are going to have to be answered with the Miami Dolphins this offseason. And, um, well, they're lucky that one team, I think, took the mantle from them in terms of uh, the team that we're talking the most about uh, over the last couple of days as the result of the casualties from, from Wild Card Weekend. Well, honestly, there are two teams that took the mantle from them. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah, that's fair, that's fair. But I feel like I feel like we're talking about one of them more than the other. Yeah, well, I'll stop talking in code. I feel like we're talking about the Cowboys a lot more than we're talking about the Eagles. To be fair, yeah, I mean, I guess Monday it's it's a little bit of a recency bias, but yes, I do think that more people are talking about the Cowboys as opposed to the Eagles. But I like, think the only thing people are talking about with the Eagles right now is the fact that Jason Kelsey is probably retiring. Yeah, well, and that Nick Sirianni is a is a douchebag that should be fired. Well, I've been saying that all along, but that's not that's not here or there, and I can't I can't say that I can't say that. 
Yeah. I'm trying well, to keep I'm trying to keep all my teams, you know, very much on my side now that Arthur Smith is gone. You know, I I have the Atlanta guys very much back on side now. So I yes. can't I, I can't be going on air to my Philly people because I do love my Philly people. You know what's crazy is that the Jets have more playoff wins than the Dolphins, even though the Jets haven't made the playoffs in 13 years. Yeah. That's Jets, that's crazy. The Jets have more playoff wins, well, since, wins 2000, the Bills. since 2002 than the Cowboys. Yeah, and the Bills also. Yep. And the yep. Bills have made the playoffs, what, like five straight years or whatever it was? Yeah, but you, you can't throw shade in the Bills. Bills Bills took care of business. And the Bills look very good. No, that's true. The Bills did. The, honestly, the Dolphins honestly, I, I will. Think, I think out of all the teams that played on Wild Card Weekend, maybe with the exception of I mean the Packers, the Packers were playing with house money, so I don't know if I could say that they necessarily like wowed or impressed me. Because I still I, I do feel like the Packers are gonna meet their match against the 49ers. Um I, I genuinely do believe that Buffalo was a team that impressed me the most given the conditions, given the Steelers defense, which has been t a tough out all year. Well, uh, they didn't it, have TJ Watt. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a huge, a huge uh, problem as well. But th I thought the bills that was the most complete game that I think I've seen from the bills all year. And this is, I mean, I said it coming into this weekend, this was the hottest team in football and they, they took care of business rather comfortably. I, I mean, I don't think they broke a sweat to be completely honest. Yeah. I think the team that impressed me the most was, was Detroit. Sure. Sure. I, the other one that I would, I would say, give a lot of, give a lot of credit to is, is, is Houston. Yeah. I mean, I did not think Houston was winning that game. I did not think Houston was winning that game and they, they destroyed Cleveland. They, they destroyed them. I know, which is crazy. That's like, you know, people are saying one of the best defenses of all time for the Cleveland mm -hmm. Browns. Yeah. And you know they got manhandled well, against Houston. It, it, it's just a theme with with the weekend. I think it was just teams that were playing with house money, had nothing to lose, went in there and they took care of business. Houston did it. Pittsburgh got outmatched by you know a clearly superior team. Tampa did it. Yep. Green Bay did it. Kansas City, Miami was was was, was pretty even. It was pretty even, I would say, and. Houston did it. Yep. Maybe I said Houston twice. I don't know. Anyway, but you get the point. It's because they won so emphatically that you had to say it twice. Yeah. Even if I did, even if I did, you know, Houston, Houston and Green Bay were the two were the two big ones. Where I was like, you know what? They have nothing to lose here. Honestly, they Tampa. Should not, they should not be in this spot, but they're in the spot and they have nothing to lose. So you know what? Fuck it. Go for it. And they did. And they won rather comfortably and i mean guess i guess there could be a segue you know talking about the packers and the cowboys you know if that's the way we're going to go here um the packers and the texans deserve deserve to win hands hands down not even close the the browns they showed up for 15 minutes and then faded the cowboys they showed up for exactly no minutes yeah well i mean they showed up for garbage time and that was basically it yeah whoopee i could do that it was, jeez. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to – the floor is yours. Well, congratulations to the Green Bay Packers, first of all. I, I mean, the key thing that I want people to understand is this. The Dallas Cowboys are a very, very good football team. But they have very bang average coaching. And I know this is going to be a cop-out, but just hear me out. The Green Bay Packers are a very bang average football team, young, 
the youngest team to be in the playoffs, first seven seed to win a playoff game, but a very bang average team with a load of potential, but still very bang average with great coaching. Matt LaFleur is a great coach. He's not an elite coach. He's not in the level of Harbaugh or Reed or Belichick or McVay or Shanahan. He's not at that level, but he probably is near tippy top of the level that's right behind them. Yeah. He's a great coach. Great coaching makes average teams look great. Average coaching makes very good borderline great teams look good slash average. And that is what happened here. No questions asked. Dak Prescott took a dump all over that field. And there are massive questions that need to be asked about Dak going forward. Absolutely. I am not arguing that. But what I am going to go out on a limb and say you had Mike McCarthy that was also coaching scared. You had Dan Quinn that was coaching scared. Dan Quinn, the Cowboys offense is built around man-to-man coverage. Defense is what you mean. Yeah, they play a man a man, def- a man no, I thought scheme. It, it sounded like you said offense for a second. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. No, they, 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 they set up, they play man. Their yes. basic coverage is they play man coverage more often than not. 65% of their defensive snaps they were playing in zone. What? This was a defense that we were talking about as one of the, if not the best defense in the National Football League this year, and you change what has worked for you for most of the year? I, what? 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 I don't, I don't get it. And listen, there's no bigger Dan Quinn fan than I. I wish him all the best, but after that, I'm not on my knees anymore begging to keep the guy. I'm just not. And sure, could it be recency bias? Maybe. But am I on my hands and knees begging to keep Dan Quinn around after that performance? No, I'm not. As for Mike McCarthy, if the Cowboys lost that game, this is an unpopular opinion. If the Cowboys lost that game 30 to 29, I could understand the rationale for keeping Mike McCarthy around. Three straight 12 win seasons, three straight playoff appearances. The Cowboys have been pretty stable, pretty consistent in, in, in that time frame. But the Cowboys' aim is not making the playoffs every year. Cowboys' aim is not winning the division title every year. The Cowboys' aim has got to be getting to the next level, getting to the NFC Championship, getting to the Super Bowl. And quite honestly, the Cowboys' path to a Super Bowl probably was going to be the easiest this year that it will ever be. And I say easy very loosely because you still have the 49ers that are a very good team. You have the Detroit Lions who are a very, very good team. And if the Rams won You still have the the Rams in there that are a very good team. Then potentially you had Philly or you had Tampa. There were very good teams left, and any team could have taken Dallas on their day. But all you needed to do, you you were basically guaranteed, at minimum, you were guaranteed two home playoff games. And then if Lions could have taken care of the 49ers, 
you have three home playoff games if you take care of business in the in the, in the divisional. I and find it weird that you say easy one. I know you could win one. You could win one because you don't because you don't know. I'm talking about the just the 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 level of competition for this year in the NFC. I think it is clear that the AFC is much more of a dogfight than than the NFC is. That's what I'm alluding to. I'm okay. not saying that the teams in the playoffs in the NFC are bad. I'm just saying that there is a huge gap in quality between the teams that are left in the AFC versus the teams that are left slash were in in the NFC, if that makes sense. Well, this could have been an easy on paper. This is an easy, an easy mass. Eh. This is an easy matchup for the Dallas Cowboys on paper. Oh, absolutely. They should, they should have won this game comfortably. But we all know that there's no such thing as comfortable for the Dallas Cowboys, ever. I mean, there's no such thing as comfortable for, you know, you with the playoffs, nothing is guaranteed. They don't play the matchups on paper. I mean, think of all the upsets that we saw. All like the, well, not even like upsets, but like, you know, the uh, just interesting performances. Because really, even though seating-wise... Bucks over Eagles is an upset. Record-wise, it is. And, you know, same thing with Browns-Texans. But, you know, those are still, quote-unquote, kind of like upsets because people thought going in that the Browns and the Eagles were better teams than the teams that they were going up against. But obviously, both of them laid eggs. Sure. And it's any given Sunday, right? Yeah. That's what they always say, and, and it, it rings true, especially in the playoffs. I mean, we got to call it for what it is. D- Dak froze. The Cowboys as a whole froze. The only guy that showed up for the Cowboys on Sunday was Jake Ferguson. Yep. Jake Ferguson showed up and fair played him. Absolutely fair played him. And this was full, the fallout from this, but the basic you know, reaction you know, from it was that there's only four Cowboys that I would be willing to build – the next generation of this team around it's CD lamb. It's Micah Parsons. It's Jake Ferguson and it's Tyler Smith. Okay. Five Trayvon Diggs. Forgot about him. Trayvon Diggs. Five. That's it. That's it. And there is a huge list of things for the Cowboys. that They got to do this all season. Number one on that list. Oh, wow. Hold on. Oh wow! Okay, um, we have a breaking news. Um, oh, a Jim Ursay, owner of the Indianapolis Colts, suffers a suspected overdose, and it was found unresponsive. That was in December. Is that what they said? Yes, yes, that's what the uh, oh. incident in question was. I treated last month at his home in Carmel, Indiana. I just got yeah. that. You got that from the Athletic. Yeah, not sponsored. Um. <laughs> not sponsored. Not sponsored. But very interesting. Very interesting uh, timing for, for that to come through. But I want to put. I just want to leave it at this very quickly. Uh, then you can ask me any follow up question that you want. Um, I am setting the line at, and this is. I have heard nothing from any of my sources in Dallas. It has been radio silence since the game for obvious reasons, I'm sure, because there is a lot to sort out with 
you know, what happens next for this football team. You're asking me my own personal opinion. I'm not reporting anything. My own personal opinion says that Mike McCarthy is not back as the head coach of this football team. And my opinion, my opinion is that Bill Belichick will be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. That's my opinion. Now, what do I, what would I do? What I would do is not hire Bill Belichick. Me, I would be hiring Mike Vrabel. Oh, that would be great. That is what I would do. That's a great one. Will they do that? No. Because Bill Bel because Bill Belichick, Jerry Jones is going to go for the big name. And there's no bigger name than Bill Belichick. And quite frankly, if they do go that route, am I going to sit here and say, oh, for fuck's sake, they hired Bill Belichick? Absolutely not. Never. I would never do such a thing. Bill Belichick has been a wet dream of mine. And if Bill Belichick becomes head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, how can I hate that? I well, I, f I feel like from a personality perspective, that's a match made in hell. Bill Belichick and Jerry yeah. Jones working sure. together. That sure. is two contrasting per personalities, two and, type A personalities. It's going to be hard for them to work together if that and, happens. And, and, and that will have to most certainly be a, be worked out and arranged. There are going to have to be some boundaries set there. But from what I understand, the Joneses and Bill Belichick, they do get along. They are friendly with one another. And what I have been told from various other people from around the league, not anybody connected with the Cowboys, but from people, other people that are outside of the Cowboys organization, what I have been told from those people is the league expectation is that the Cowboys are at least going to look very heavily into it. Yeah, well, I mean, if I necessary, mean, yeah. if necessary, the Cowboys are willing to make certain concessions to bring Belichick in. If, in a big if, he's willing to beat, to hand over some concessions as well. And I would imagine that one of those concessions that these people are talking about is more likely than not personnel say. And is that something that breaks the camel's back in any sort of potential negotiation that happens with Bill Belichick. I don't know. Yeah. That's gotta be. Yeah. That's gotta be the first thing on the agenda. Really? For sure. For sure. But I also, uh, but I also think Jerry Jones being 81 years old, you don't know, you know, you know, God forbid, you know, something happens to, to, to Jerry, but don't even put that out there. I, that's why I said, God forbid. I said, okay. I said, I said, God forbid, but, I mean, you got to look at it. Father time undefeated. He's 81 years old. He's getting older. It's just, it's fact. You know, I think he's going to do whatever he needs to do to get the best guy in there. And in a cycle where you have Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, all available, Jim Harbaugh too, but I don't think, I, I don't think Harbaugh goes there. You say, you say it to me right now, I'd say the odds Harbaugh goes to the Cowboys are at 2%. Um out of like the the big names that are going to be available right now, I, I think Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick would be the one that Jerry goes after the hardest. But there are huge names that are out there, and I think Jerry, given the statements and the comments that have been made um, following that loss to Green Bay, I think it would be absolutely insane to keep 
Mike McCarthy at, at, at the helm because you, you risk, you definitely risk alienating a huge portion of your fan base if you keep Mike McCarthy after that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, Pete Carroll is interesting because it's like he was fired, but not really. Is he with the team still? In a, like, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, he's evaluating all of his options. Okay. So, I, as far as I know, it's not like he has been hired in official capacity to a front office position by the by the team. Okay. Well, I feel like a lot of these coaches, I feel like maybe Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, definitely, maybe Pete Carroll would want some say in personnel control because of how established they are as head coaches. And maybe even Vrabel, too. I don't know. Probably. But Probably, but, think- it, but it all comes to, it all comes to a point. And you also have to look at what job they're taking. They're taking the job to be head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, arguably the biggest spot in the sport. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. And I don't know. Who who in the hell would have thought that potentially we could be looking at a marriage between Bill Belichick and Jerry Jones? Oh, you said it to weird. me you said it to me twelve months ago, Adam. I would have said you are out of your goddamn mind, you've lost the plot. Yeah, no, I, uh, that's weird. That would be I can tell you what, I would be, I'd be stunned. I would be stunned. Yeah. A good stunned, but I'd be stunned. I mean, maybe taking a step back would probably be good for Bill Belichick, because Bill Belichick. I disagree. No, as in like, hold on. Bill Belichick, the coach, is better than Bill Belichick, the GM. Oh, sure. You're You're talking about lessening his role. Yes. Sure. Sure, but at the but at the end of the day, there are teams that are going to see Bill Belichick out there, and Bill Belichick all he needs to do is get three suitors, and he can go out there and say, "Okay, which one of you is going to offer me personnel control?" And say, "Yeah." And Washington, I think, would do that if it yeah. means keeping Bill Belichick and going to their division rival. I think Washington would do that. Yeah, or their other division rival. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and we haven't even considered what the Eagles are going to do. Like if they, if that's if the Eagles, that's fired, I, yeah, the Eagles fire Nick Sirianni and Bill Belichick is in the running to be Eagles coach for sure. Oh man, well that would just be your hell, wouldn't it? It would be. <laughs> it really would be. I actually would feel like a Jets fan, <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely see. I mean, I've heard nothing again. I've heard nothing about um, about McCarthy. And um, when I do hear something, if, you know, we're recording a podcast and, and I have that information, I'll definitely bring it. But as of right now, you know, I've, I've heard I've heard absolutely nothing on that on that front. It's very interesting because I feel like, you know, it's Wednesday. I feel like locker clean out. Those playoff games feel like they happened like a million years ago. But that's just how time is nowadays. But uh, yeah, I feel like. Aren't we like around that time for locker cleanout and stuff like that? Oh, we have breaking news. Did it happen? Mike McCarthy is returning as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, Uh, buddy. 
Who is that from? By Adam the way. Schefter. Oh dear. Well, maybe that's why they didn't bother saying anything to make. They, I think, literally, my question was: Is Mike McCarthy gone? Oh my God. That doesn't make any sense. Well, that's fun. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, 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 I don't have a comment. I, I honestly, I don't. I, it's the wrong move. I'm sorry. It's, 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 it is the wrong move. And I don't, I don't give a shit what your quarterback says. I don't give a shit what your players say. It doesn't matter to me. The guy got the guy got embarrassed. The team got embarrassed. The team was not ready to play. Simple as that. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't fall on the coach. It falls on the ownership. So what are the Jones going to do? Put the blame on themselves? Say oh. the way they've been running. They say the way they've been they've been running their team is 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 not working. No, they're never going to say that. Something smells very Toronto Maple Leafs about this. <laughs> they are the Toronto Maple Leafs. They yeah, are the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, they are. This. It's embarrassing. No, it's embarrassing. It, it, it really is. It really is. I'm pissed. Man, I'm, I'm there's, pissed. There are so many parallels. It's just, it's crazy. I don't want to spend the whole entire episode talking about this. We're already like 30 minutes in, but. Okay. We do have, we do, we have other stuff to talk about. Fucking hell. Uh, I, I, I'm, I got to work on more. I have to work on more on, on this. Um, Adam, go, go ahead. Uh, okay, so, um, I guess we could probably talk about. Well, you know, Rams Lions was a great playoff game. Um, you know, it's a shame that we didn't talk about it as much as we did because of storylines and stuff like that. But honestly, I mean, Rams Lions was full of storylines. So, you know, it's. Pr- I mean, Puka Nakua just he's amazing. Where are you drafting him? You know, <laughs> next year he's, he's a he's a definite top fifteen receiver, definitely. Which will probably and make him in, in round two. That's late crazy. round two, early round three. Yeah, and I mean Detroit is just is also great. Um, they they have a great team going, a ballsy team with all these. Uh, you know, trick plays and going going forward on fourth down, and also Eagles Bucks. Don't discount the Bucks at home in the playoffs. They're great at home in the playoffs. I don't have any stats to back this up, but recent recently they've been pretty good at home um, in the playoffs. And you know the Eagles have been the Bucks. The Bucks lost last year at home to the Cowboys. I know. Besides that, we retired Tom Brady. I know. And we retired Bill Belichick. This is nice. He didn't retire Bill Belichick. Now he's going to the Falcons. Well, okay. I sent him. We sent him to the NFC. It's even better. Unless it goes to the Chargers, which would be very funny. That would be, oh God. Would be very funny. But I think it's going to be horrible. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, the Eagles have been, you know, have been in a tailspin since, since the Jet game, basically. They've been inconsistent. They've been inconsistent. I wouldn't say they've been in a tailspin, but they've been inconsistent. And I don't I don't think it's enough. The way they finished, I don't think it's enough for Sirianni 
to lose his job. I don't think. Well, I guess part of it is also, you know, I feel like people didn't realize that AJ Brown didn't play in this game. Well, I mean, but look at it this way. I mean, what the fuck do I know? Mike McCarthy get this job after after getting embarrassed. So I would imagine based on that, you know, if Mike McCarthy kept his job after what happened, Nick Sirianni should be keeping his job based on what happened there. Nick Sirianni has more of a resume as head coach of the Eagles than Mike McCarthy does as coach of the Cowboys. It's true. Sirianni was in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Mike McCarthy hasn't gotten past the, the, the divisional round. One definitely keeping his job. The other one we're questioning if he's going to keep his job. Sirianni should keep his job. All personality things aside, uh, Sirianni is a good coach. He's a good coach that gets the most out of his players. Can his message get stale? Sure. Can his antics get stale? Absolutely. But the one thing I can't deny is that he does coach very, very well. The team is competitive with him. They churn out results. The end of the season was not good, but... I think he'll get another another year. He'll get another year, and if, if the results are not good, start next year, and we go midway into the season, and the Eagles are stumbling, then I think there's a question about Sirianni. But right now, I don't think there is any reason for uh, the Eagles to be looking to to sack Dick Sirianni personally. I mean, yeah, I get it, but like you started at ten and one. Sure, and the whole yeah the whole thing. People were believing that you were Super Bowl contenders. And then... here, here's how an executive explained it to me. Okay, he said to me, the way that I always look at whether I am hiring or firing a candidate, more so firing, but hiring too, is looking at the candidate's line of work. And saying, okay, are there teams looking at this guy? But in the case of Sirianni, I'll just say firing. Look at the case of Nick Sirianni and say, look at what he's done for the Philadelphia Eagles. If we fire him, if Howie Roseman were to go tomorrow and fire Nick Sirianni, is there a team in the National Football League that would hire him to be a head coach? I can think of several. The answer is yes. Yes. The answer is absolutely yes. And I think, I think that might be the Jones's argument as well. Or it could be that the Cowboys just don't want to pay Mike McCarthy a buyout for one more year in his contract. That could also be the case. But when are you going to have a year when you have Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, uh, Jim, uh, John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, whoever the fuck Harbaugh, on 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 the market. It it's it's uh, it's crazy. It's it, it it's it's crazy. It is it really is. Yeah. Well, I mean, you. I don't know. You. I feel like if team if somebody fired Nick Sirianni, if the Eagles fired Sirianni, would teams fire their coaches to try and hire? Sirianni, Nick Sirianni, you think? No. No. Okay. I don't. I mean, I it's not that the simple. Because the only team that I could think of that would that would fire their coach, well, there's two. 
There's two teams that I could name right off the rip that haven't fired their coach that should fire their coach. It's the Saints and the Jets. But I don't think they're going to fire their coach, which is mental to me. Well, I don't want to talk about it. There's an argu- there's, there is an argument for the Cowboys to keep McCarthy. There's an argument for the, for the Eagles to keep Sirianni. But the two where they absolutely should be relieving the, the head coach of their duties is in New Orleans and in the green side of New York. Yeah, I know. I don't want to believe it, but yeah. Well, if they don't do anything with Aaron Rodgers next year, then then everybody's gone. So I guess there's that. Yeah. Oh, if they don't do anything next year and, and that it flounders and the Jets are, you know, five and twelve, everybody's gone. Everybody's Everybody. Gone. And it'll be the year after the best coaching carousel probably in NFL history. And missing on the best head coach carousel in NFL history, yeah. 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 So but whatever, you got to pee as Aaron Rodgers, yay. Yeah. Okay. You signed up for this. I, well, yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, so great player. Such an unlikable person. I love him. He's so funny. He's such a dick. He's so funny. He makes me laugh constantly. I mean, listen, there are worse people that have played in the National Football League. And one of them sure. plays quarterback for the Browns. Um, I don't name any names. I cannot do that. <laughs> I know. You can't. But I don't have any sources. So. <laughs> uh, but just, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is always, that's the main reason why I didn't like him. I never had a problem with his with his performance on the field. It's just all the other stuff. I'm able to separate the two. It's also part I mean, of my job. It's yes. also part of my job. I have to separate the two. It makes sense. I have to, se- I have to separate the two. So I, 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 I don't comment. Unless unless one clearly impacts the other, then, then right. I can comment. But yes. when they are when they are clearly two different things, um yes, I I, I plead the fifth. All right. Well, let's go into the main part of this podcast. That's, I mean, the second part of this podcast. I would even say it's the main part. It's really equal. It's what has surprised you this year, good, good and bad. The you know, there are good surprises, there are bad surprises, and you know, we're just gonna rattle them off. Let's say like three or four uh, surprises for. And we'll just you know alternate. Sure. So why don't you why don't you go first? Um, I mean, I'll start I'll start at the quarterback position. I mean, it's not, not really a surprise, but what I will say, you know, looking at the quarterback position, if you know, if you were going and following the instructions that were set forth at the, be- at the beginning of the year to hero QB it, congratulations, it, it it worked out for you. I mean, just looking at the hero quarterbacks that you know had pretty very strong seasons. You know, Patrick Mahomes was the QB one in, in most drafts. Dak Prescott, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, guys that basically were free in drafts, if not double-digit round picks. All those guys finished above Patrick Mahomes. Dak Prescott finishing as the QB three, even above Lamar Jackson, Jordan Love rounding out the, rounding out the top five. And then Purdy, Goff, 
uh, at six and at seven. And then even going down the list, C.J. Stroud, undrafted. Baker Mayfield, undrafted. Tua, late-round pick. Trevor Lawrence, eh, kind of mid-round pick. But hero quarterback was really the way to go, given especially to the injuries that took place with the middle-round quarterbacks, the likes of Trevor Lawrence, the likes of Justin Herbert, who I mean, call for what it is as well. Justin Herbert was really ineffective for most yeah. of the year as well. Justin Fields missed a string, missed a string of games. Kirk Cousins got hurt. Uh, Joe Burrow, the big one, um, yep. was, was Aaron Rodgers as well. Aaron Rodgers, yep, for sure. So Sean Watson, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, Anthony Richards, Anthony Richardson, I would say, was more uh double digit rounds. Same thing, same thing with Deshaun. But like Danny, higher Danny Dimes. Higher end of that. Dan, Daniel Jones, yeah, higher end of that, double digit rounds. But the hero quarterback play was what ended up winning. And that's what I was talking about, at least in the offseason coming into the year, was I just never ever feel comfortable enough to go and spend a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick on a quarterback. And I think what we're going to see in 2024 is even let's look at, look at the top. Let's look at Josh Allen who scored 383 fantasy points, right? This is the first year that we haven't had a quarterback throw 40 touchdowns since I believe I want to get the year right and, and make sure that I have it right. But I believe it's been since 2009. Wow. No, sorry. 2013, 2013, 2013. This is the first also, year. Wow. First year, so we're talking 10 years that we haven't had a quarterback at the National Football League throw for over 40 touchdowns. Dak Prescott led the league with 36. Yeah, I mean, last year we only had one. Yeah. Yeah, so we're seeing we're seeing these quarterback seasons. They're becoming more abundant in terms of, you know, the quality quarterback play that we're seeing, but we're not having those monster quarterbacks like we're used to. Sure, Jalen Hurts was that with 15 rushing touchdowns. Josh Allen, 15 rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, 25% of his touchdowns came off of the uh, the touch push. Yeah. Which is absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. So at the, at the end of the day, I think what we're going to see in 2024 is you are going to get the opportunity at guys like Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, maybe even in round four. But where I think the play is going to be, is just waiting it out because we're going to see really good quality quarterback options going into the double-digit rounds. And what did I say coming into the year? Coming into the year, I believe I said there were around 21, if not 22 quarterbacks that I was comfortable starting on my fantasy teams. And quite honestly, I mean, I would have to go and look and look back at my at my ranks coming in coming into the year, and that's a project that I have to go in and dig and, and find my ranks on uh, on fantasy pros, but. I would probably say at the end of the day, I mean, you probably got that number about in terms of quality enough fa fantasy options that you could start and you could say at the end of the day, you know what, I probably won a championship because of guy X, guy Y, or guy Z. Yeah, it's just interesting because offense has been down as a whole uh, across the NFL. Um, and, you know, defense has been up, offense has been down. It's kind of weird. It's like we're in our own little dead puck era. Um, and I don't know why. Because you know why the dead puck era happened. It's because of all the, you know, it's because of the devils. And all True. the, 
and like the clutching and, and grabbing and interference basically. But for the NFL, it just, uh, it's weird as to why offense has been on this downward decline over the past couple of years. Yes. Yes, for sure. And this goes into something else that I'm going to be talking about um, in a little, in a little while as well, in terms of the overall um, fantasy setup that we had this year. And it's just weird because it's like, is this part of a larger trend or is the season kind of an aberration where it's like, Oh, stuff will go back to normal, you know, next year when more quarterbacks are healthy and more teams are healthy, or maybe this is just how, how things are now. No, no, I think it's an admiration. I think it's an admiration. I, we have these years every once in a while where the, the seasons are just weird. Um, the play is, perceived to be down or lesser than it normally is. I would say it's, it's, it's an admiration for now, for now. There's no data out there to me that, that suggests that it's going to be like a, a continuing thing. Um, And until I see that, I'm going to say it's an admiration, but based on the research that I've done, uh, nothing to me suggests that this is going to be something that is going to be the new norm in terms of, fantasy as a whole being down this year which it was which it was scoring was down across the board yeah i mean the leader in yards for quarterbacks was tua with 4600 mm-hmm. yep that's like yep. and he only had 29 touchdowns like mm-hmm. and then I, just... I, I believe in full point ppr there was only one player that finished over 400 points and that was cd lamb uh i can tell you right now Correct. It would have been it would have been McCaffrey if McCaffrey finished um week eighteen. It would have, it would have been McCaffrey. Yeah. But it, only CD finished over finished over four hundred. But this goes into a much a much deeper uh philosophical discussion that we'll have during the offseason. Um well last year, twenty twenty two, only one player finished with over four hundred points. Actually. Can I guess can I guess who it was? Yes. Was it? It was either Allen or Mahomes, right? Yes. So it was probably Mahomes. It was probably Mahomes then. It was. Yeah. Okay. He also was the only forty touchdown thrower of that season. Right. Right. And then, and then Josh Allen's rushing touchdowns, I believe, two were down last year. I believe he only had seven. Is that correct? Yes. And then he had fifteen this year. So big jump, big jump. We got, and then now next year. It'll have to be figuring out whether what's closer for for Josh Allen is Josh Allen's numbers closer to that fifteen or is he closer to that seven? And if you're judging it based off of his career numbers, the number might be closer to seven. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about players looking at the touchdown, the Russian touchdown leaders. You want to talk about players that are clear regression candidates. Raheem Mostert had 18 rushing touchdowns. Classic round four bust. 18. Could say it all off season. All off season. Round four bust. Raheem Mostert. 21 total touchdowns because he threw receiving. Say it Uh, with me. To the church. Round round four four bust. bust. 
Rock. Barely Mostert. Barely over a thousand yards on just two hundred carries and mm-hmm. twenty one total touchdowns. Meanwhile, when Devon A. Chain played, granted it was when he played, he got a hundred and thirty touches. I'm t- I'm telling you, Devon Devon A. Chain, if he gets the middle of round two next year in drafts, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, you are stunad if you let that happen. Stunad. Yes, you're Mashuga. Yeah, yes, yes. You, you need to make sure that you are doing your best to go and get Raheem, uh, Raheem Mostert. No, 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 not Raheem Mostert. Classic round four bus, Raheem Mostert. Don't forget that. Uh, I'm going to make that be my first t shirt. Classic round four bus, Raheem Mostert. Uh, Devon HN, outside of like the top five ish running backs for next year, which I'm just looking at my. At my ranks, uh, McCaffrey, Brees Hall, Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, Kyron. Outside of that, if you said to me after that, that your next guy is Devon Achan, I'm fine with that. Yeah, cool. corporate, corporate wants you to find the difference between Raheem Moser and Mike Davis a couple of years ago. But you can't because they're the same picture. To me, they are the same exact guy. Yes. To me, they <laughs> are the same exact guy. Yes. I, you cannot, cannot pay me enough to draft Raheem Mostert in the, in the fourth round next year. Even higher. Even higher. I have not seen this. There's not going to be a single shred of ADP data for a month or two. I cannot wait to see where the public is drafting Raheem Mostert and Mox. I can't wait. Oh, boy. I'm sure wherever it is going to be, I'm going to laugh my ass off. Yeah, that's going to be weird. That's going to be pretty crazy. Oh, it's it's it's, it's going to be... It's going to be psychotic. It's going to be psychotic. Yeah, it it absolutely is. Um, Okay, well, I guess I'm up. It's going to be... I feel like the NFL is going to look a lot different next year. More in, in the same way that... Wait. I forgot what I was... That's not where I was going with this. My surprise... For this year, really, is that uh, is just the Rams as a whole. You know, everybody thought that the Rams were basically dead after last year. Matt Stafford, people were basically calling him retired because of uh, his uh, injuries. And, you know, they signed Baker Mayfield off the street and he beat the Raiders on Thursday night. And people were like, oh, the Rams, whatever. Cooper Cup was also out for most of last year, 2022. And now Cooper Cup, I mean, Cooper Cup's got some competition. It's got to be Puka Nakua is my big, is like probably my biggest surprise as wide receiver this year. I mean, who could have possibly thought that, you know, this kid from BYU drafted in what, the fifth round or whatever? To come out and have this, to come out and have the season that he that he has, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and this is a guy that I added in the guillotine. That was the only league I added him in. This is a speculative ad, and I should have added him fucking everywhere. Like, oh my god, it's something I'm gonna regret. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna regret it to the grave, honestly. Like, he was right there. He was right there. I could have had him everywhere. I. Free shot. Free shot. Like, I, 
I want to go back, right? I, I'm going to go back in one league. And I'm just going to look at my week one roster and just see who I could have dropped for Puka Nakua that at the time I said to myself, yeah, I can't be dropping that guy. Oh, oh, Elijah Moore. Oh, Jonathan Mingo. Oh, my God. Oh, I couldn't drop Jonathan Mingo. Carolina Panther. I couldn't draw a Carolina Panther for Puka Nakua. Am I fucking out of my mind? I actually watched him play in person at BYU. I didn't realize it. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. He was when he he's had a six for one twenty and a touchdown against Idaho State <laughs> on in November of twenty one. This, this makes me sick. This makes me absolutely sick. But I'm telling you right now, Adam, this offseason for the Rams is going to be so fascinating because they have to improve this football team. And the clear way to improve it is to trade Cooper Cup. And if they trade Cooper Cup, oh, fuck. look at what happens to Puka Nakua's price. It is going oh, to be man. out of control. And and this this is a question this is a question that I have for for the dynasty uh the dynasty players out there because I've been thinking about this myself. What would you rather have going forward if Cooper Cup gets traded from the Rams? And maybe if if Cooper Cup doesn't get traded from the Rams, what would you rather have? Would you rather have Marvin Harrison Jr. or would you rather have Puka Nakua? I think that is a fascinating debate. I feel like you can't really answer that question until Marvin Harrison Jr. gets drafted. I think you can, and I think the answer is Puka. I think I'd rather have Puka. But it also depends on what your team needs are. Like, well, if, you're, guess... if you're contending right now, you're contending right now, I think the answer is Puka. But if you could afford to wait two, three years for Marvin Harrison, I think that's the answer. I think. And it also depends on where he goes, like you said, Adam. Like, if he goes to the Patriots, shoot me. <laughs> no, you, you don't want to see Bailey Zappi throwing deep bombs to Marvin Harrison well, in no in the snow in December. No, I hope ideally best case scenario is the Patriots fall in love with Jaden Daniels. Oh God, the Patriots fall in love with Jaden Daniels, or Chicago decides to keep Justin Fields and they pair Justin Fields with Marvin Harrison. That is best case scenario. Yeah, do they play together? Uh, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. They did. I was trying to get the timelines settled in. Last year. No. Wait. All Justin right, Fields was in yeah, 2020. No, it, was, it was CJ Stroud. It was Justin Fields and CJ. All right. Yeah. Now, now I got I, I to gotta look this up now because now my timelines are all, are all messed up. And, I, and there are people that are yelling at me right now. Like, what kind of, what kind of. <laughs> what kind of fucking Ohio State fan are you? And honestly, I can't remember what I had for lunch the other day, let alone. Uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Because that would fulfill nope. the problem. No, they didn't play together. They did not. They did not. It would fulfill Marvin the Harris- Marvin Harrison came in the year that Fields left. Ah, so 21 was his first year. Yes, they, did, they didn't play together. Was uh, Stroud the quarterback for three years? Uh, yes. Was... Yes. Okay. No, Stroud was the quarterback for two. Oh, two. Two. 
two years, and it was Bacord. Right, 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 right. Fuck him. <laughs> he's, he doesn't play for them anymore. It's Fuck fine. Kyle McCord. That dude is that dude is ass. <laughs> no, you gotta have against Kyle McCord. That dude is ass. No, I I am just a big fan of the prophecy of having college quarterbacks play with their college wide receivers. I'm on my knees. I'm on my knees. So what you're saying is that the Cowboys should sign Baker Mayfield. No, 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 no. So Baker Mayfield can play with his college number one receiver in CD land. No, (laughs) no, fuck that. No, 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 no. (laughs) Now, would I want to see Baker Mayfield pay $25 million a year? Dak Prescott paid 60. Hmm. Hmm. So wait, so when is that mega contract that Dak signed up? This year. This year? I believe so. Did he just sign it in like 2021? Next year. Sorry. Next year. But they have, they have to uh, extend it this year or he walks into his last into the last year of his deal. Oh. Which, that's a question we're going to have to talk about all offseason. I can't. I can't fucking wait for it. Yeah. I cannot wait. Oh, okay. There's an opt-out. Oh, perfect. Opt-out uh, after after this year. Oh. Because I feel like... How long was it originally? A four-year like deal. It was a four-year deal. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. I thought it was longer for some reason. Yep. Four years. All right. Well, what's your next surprise for this year? I mean, there, there are a bunch that I want to talk about. I'm, I'm trying to see. All right, Adam, do me a favor. Uh, yes. Pick one. Option A or option B? Option A for Adam. Option A for Adam. Uh, Tony Pollard and the absolute dumpster fire car crash that was Tony Pollard as the RB1 for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, just over 1,000 yards rushing, only six touchdowns, not a single receiving touchdown. And this all goes and encompasses the, the 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 bane that is Mike McCarthy and his place on this planet and in my life. You have Tony Pollard, who what was his mo? What was the thing that made Tony Pollard so great a year ago? It was his ability with the football in his hand. And Adam, say it with me: in open space. Space. And they didn't get the ball to him. Well, he Granted, only had three receiving touchdowns last or in 2022. Yeah, but I would make a bet that his yards per catch, I would make a bet that it is at least two, if not three points higher last year than it was this year. I would make that calculated bet. I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, I'm sure I can find this. I'm sure I can find this information. I can't really. It doesn't show the math for yards per catch. It shows the math for yards per carry. Yes, but whatever. Yep. Oh, it does. Nine point five yards per catch in 2022. Five point seven yards per catch in 2023. That is fucking shocking. That's I think shocking. what we also learned from Tony Pollard this year is that Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard's not a feature back in the National Football League, and that's okay. He doesn't have to be. He needs a compliment to go with him. 
And where do the Cowboys get that? Do they get that in the draft with someone like a Braylon Allen? It's possible. It is definitely possible that Braylon Allen, you know, could be a guy that the Cowboys look for and they go thunder with Braylon Allen and the lightning with Tony Pollard. That is what I think the Cowboys need to do. Because I think we saw it this year that they need that running game to be churning and really producing because that's how they build up that offense. And granted, Cowboys offense was was fine for the majority of the season. But what happened when the Green Bay Packers honed in on that rushing attack and they took away that rushing outlet for the Cowboys? The, the Cowboys just got absolutely fucking murdered. And they couldn't do a damn thing about it. So one of the big takeaways for me is that Tony Pollard, I I don't really see Tony Pollard being anything more than a round four pick right now for 2024. And the Cowboys do draft the running back, especially in the first two days of this draft. Then there's a chance that Tony Pollard could slide, could slide even further. Um, he, he's a guy that I'm looking at maybe a little bit post-type, but it would have to come down to what do the Cowboys do to improve their offensive line. And like I said, do the Cowboys do anything to bring in competition for Tony Pollard or I mean, running mate with Pollard. They have so many free agents yep. to consider. Yep. Including most of their offensive line. Well, I heard I heard a rumor, and I don't know if it's true, but I heard a rumor that the Cowboys and Derrick Henry um share a mutual interest. Now I don't know if it's true, but well, that'd be that interesting. Is- that is the uh, that that is a rumor that I heard, and I have not had that verified by absolutely anybody. So that is just pure conjecture. I was actually going to ask: Do you think the Cowboys bring in a veteran like a Derrick yes. Henry or a Dalvin Cook or like whatever? I mean, uh, obviously yes, those are two very different caliber of player, but yeah. No, I I do think they bring in a veteran. I, I I do, I do. And if they don't bring in a veteran, then the next move is they draft someone in the first, second, or third round. They, I I think we see what fourth round, what basically fourth plus round picks are now, barring the Puka Nakua, you know, style of breakout. Uh, they're just kind of guys that, yeah, they could start for you or they could make an impact for you in in year one, but then they are so easily replaceable going forward. And I think there's no greater example of that than Damian Pierce. Yeah, that's a weird one. Like, look what happened with Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce just pushed aside for Devin Singletary. And well, he was hurt. To be, also. And to be fair, it was the correct move. Yeah, yes, he was hurt. But then, even when he came back and they tried to give him an opportunity to win that job back, they just stuck with Devin Singletary, and it was the right move because Singletary, you know, played a lot better than Damian Pierce. And look at where the che- the, the Texans still are. They're still they're still very much alive, and they're playing in the divisional next weekend. Yes. Well, Damian Pierce is interesting because I feel like a lot of his value came from volume where he was getting 30 carries a game on the dog shit Houston Texans of 2022. But now that the Texans are good and are competent on offense, they don't need to give the ball to Damian Pierce 30 times a game. Sure, but you would also want to be a running back for that team that is good. You want the running back in, in play there because you want the guy to be closing out games for you. Well, Which, what I'm saying is that he was very inefficient. Oh, 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 yeah, oh yeah. If not, if not, just just bad. If not, just bad. Yeah. Point blank. Period. Speaking of inefficient players, inefficient running backs. My next surprise is a man that is also playing next weekend, and that is Rashad White. That guy. Mm. Love. I mean, 
his yards per carry is not gonna is not going to you know make your eyes light up. It's uh, it's just okay, but in PPR in full point PPR, Rashad where White, most valuable by the way, where he is most valuable. Rashad White is is that guy. He caught sixty four balls this year. That's that's crazy. That is yeah. good for fourth. Yes, that's good for fourth among running backs. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And that's a pretty good company. Brees Hall, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, and then Rashad White. It's very good company. It is very, very, very good company for sure. And the thing that Rashad White faces the same problem as Tony Pollard, but on a different level. Does Tampa bring in somebody else next year? And if they, if they do bring somebody else, who is that guy? And can Rashad White fend them off? And, and what happens if Baker Mayfield is not around? Because Baker Mayfield's M.O. is to check it down to the running backs. We saw him do it in Cleveland with, with Kareem Hunt. We saw it to an extent with Nick Chubb as well. He did it in Carolina, and Rashad White benefited from that greatly. What well, if Baker Mayfield What if Baker Mayfield is not there next year? He did do it a ton in Carolina because that offense was terrible when he was there. Sure, sure. But in, in Tampa, he did. Uh, yes, yeah, and it showed with 64 catches for, for – for Rashad White. Um, again, it all comes down to what kind of competition does Tampa bring in for Rashad White? Or does Tampa go out of their way to say to us, the general public, to the fantasy community, does Todd Bowles go out of his way or whomever go out of their way and say, yes, Rashad White is our guy. Okay, if that's the case, then Rashad White in full point PPR will be no doubt a second a second round pick no doubt but until then he's he's a third round pick for me and he's he's above that group of that that Raheem Mostert classic fourth round bust uh sort of uh sort of group which yes. could be a steal which absolutely could be a steal yeah i mean Rashad White is interesting because it's like is this a breakout or is this a mirage that we play this is the game that we play with running backs or it's the game that we play in fantasy really is, is this a mirage or is this a breakout? Um, and you know, is, is this sustainable for Rashad white? I mean, there were definitely dips in the season where we were like, Oh God, Rashad white, what, where, where did we go wrong with you? And then, you know, the second half of this, of the season, he's really turned it on. Yes. So it's, kind of interesting to see how that goes going into next year. And there are a lot of moving parts in Tampa as well. Yeah. Yeah. There there definitely are, you know, what's the future of Mike Evans? Do they replace Mike Evans? What's that replacement looking like? Um, There are a lot of moving parts for sure. But I mean, hell, if Mike Evans does leave Tampa, those are 136 targets that are now available and wolf. Yeah. That's a lot to go around and could be very, very good for, for Rashad white, potentially if he can, like I said, avoid getting trumped by, by somebody else. Well, you think that they bring in somebody else to, it depends if, what level it is. Depends. No, well, if Mike white or Mike white, if Mike Evans leaves at the receiver position, sure. And it depends on who it is. 
Yeah, because you can't be like, oh, all these targets are just going to go to Chris Goblin and Rashad White, and then that's it. They could draft somebody. They could definitely draft someone. Maybe like, because um, I've heard his stock being all over the place. I'll just use this guy as an example, like a Keon Coleman, or maybe if you go um, later well, that would in round fit. later in round one, yeah, Florida State Connect. You go later in round one because now it's where they're going to be, like a Troy Franklin out of Oregon. I think that could be a good fit as well. Like those are just the the, the two names I think could could benefit them. I think Keon Coleman actually makes a better fit because he he kind of profiled to be like a Mike Evans, very similar to that. Yeah, he's uh, he's a big guy. He is, he is. But it, it, look, for right now, all signs are very very good for for Rashad White. Yeah. All right. Why don't you tell me option B, and then we could probably that'll probably be it for this one. Oh, I forgot what option B was. We could we just move we could just move on to the wide receiver position. I completely forgot. Okay. Well, we're kind of just going all over the place. So what's oh, well, your... oh, well, op, well, option option B. I mean, I I have it. Option B was to invest in in shaky running back running back uh, rooms. It find your guy, invest in that running back room, and pray that your guy is the guy. I think we saw it, we saw it this year where guys people that. Fancy managers took chances on shaky running back situations, namely Jalen Warren in Pittsburgh. You got some value there. Chuba Hubbard in Carolina, you definitely got value there. You know, for him trumping Miles Sanders if you weren't a big Miles Sanders believer. Um, Tyler Algier, if you weren't a big believer that B. John Robinson would take the, take the reins right away, you got value there. Devin Singletary in Houston, huge value there. And Devon Achan in in, in Miami, uh, you definitely got some some value there. So that would be that would be one. That I that'll be the other one that I, that I was going to uh, that I that I was going to say. All right. Well, actually, hmm, I really have one for tight ends, like surprises. I mean, I guess everybody. Hmm, I guess the surprise overall is that the tight end position was as good as it was, but we've already kind of talked about that to death. Oh, and... the, the, the surprise would be would be you know just the amount of young tight ends that 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 popped up and. Maybe even guys that necessarily maybe maybe we gave up on like Cole Komet, seventy three catch year, six touchdowns for him. That it was on level of touchdowns with George Kittle, David and Joku had more touchdowns than Travis Kelsey and T.J. Hawkinson before. You know, Hawkinson would have had more, but of course, him going out on IR and him losing Kirk Cousins uh, definitely didn't help. Taysom Hill proving to be a very viable uh, fantasy option at the tight end position, giving you more than you bargained for. Um, with the rushing, with the receiving, I'm t- I'm telling you, I I genuinely believe that going into next year, given the coaching staff looks to be the same, I think Taysom Hill is going to be a guy that is going to be drafted in a lot of fantasy leagues. And I tell you what, in twelve team leagues, he absolutely should be. Ten, it's a harder argument to make, but you could definitely make it, and people are going to do it. But in twelve, absolutely, I would no doubt be drafting a Taysom Hill with a Kyle Pitts. I would be drafting a Taysom Hill with a Dalton Kincaid. I'd be drafting a Taysom Hill with a Jake Ferguson or a Dalton Schultz. 1,000%. And just swinging for the fences with that one. Yeah, it's funny because we spent all offseason saying, like, oh, rookie tight ends, you know, it usually takes them a while. And guess what? The number one tight end fantasy was drafted. Mm-hmm. This year, yep. And right I'm telling you, lines. I'm telling you right now, 
Brock Bowers is gonna is gonna add something else. Oh He's man, add something else to 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 the tight end position next year, and we're gonna get potentially another huge tight end for for years to come. Uh, coming out, and I'm telling you, I mean, there are teams as high as the top five that are looking at Bowers. So he is absolutely. I think I am higher on Brock Bowers than I was higher than I was on Kyle Pitts. I think I think Brock Bowers is special, capital special. That's definitely going to be interesting. Um, yeah, Brock Bowers. That would be. I get it though. No, I do. He's a special player. He's, He's a unbelievable. Spread. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, I have one for the for the wide receiver position. If you would like me to share it before we uh, before we get on out of here, sure. So the, the the wide receiver takeaway that I have, and it's just it's just basically looking at the wide receivers and you know just kind of who finished where. We talked about it coming into the season, and that is what it what would we do if we were going and trying to target guys that were on good teams only, projecting the good teams and taking those guys. Well, let's have a look. Just the playoff teams: C.D. Lamb, wide receiver one; Tyreek Hill, wide receiver two. Amonor St. Brown, wide receiver three. Dakua, wide receiver four. A.J. Brown, wide receiver five. Mike Evans, wide receiver seven. Stephon Diggs, wide receiver nine. Uh, Nico Collins, wide receiver 12. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver 14. Debo Samuel, wide receiver 15. So just right there, just in the top 15 of receivers, every guy in there, bar three or four, made the playoffs. Like, that right there is such an impressive, impressive return. Granted, that's in full. In half, I'm sure I'm sure it is absolutely different. Um, but you're looking at all these guys and you're sitting there and you're saying to yourself, man, oh man, what are the things that you're looking for? Well, you're looking for who's gonna get the volume, the majority of the targets there, and then you're also looking at who is the guy, where am I gonna get my hundred catches from? Where are those hundred catches going to come from? And there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There were eleven guys with over a hundred catches. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six of them were on teams that made the playoffs. And for what it's worth, there were six guys that finished with double-digit touchdowns at the wide receiver position, four of them are on playoff teams. It helps. It does. And, I mean, for one of those, Keenan Allen, I mean, the Chargers were, you know, fighting for a playoff spot, but Justin Herbert got hurt. So, like, they were, and they were good. Keenan Allen was on his way to a, to a historic season. Oh, he he's a, even with the games that Keenan Allen played and Keenan Allen missing the last four weeks, he still had a career year and was on pace to have a, a, a monster season. Like even with 13 games, Adam, still the most catches he's ever had in the season was still the third most targets that he's ever had in the season was still the second most yards that he's ever had in a season was still the sec tied for, or was the second most touchdowns that he had this season. He had eight in two previous seasons before Keenan Allen was playing out of his mind. Good. 
And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I, I'm so worried about Keenan Allen next year. I mean, and he's just a guy that I am going to just, he's going to suck me in with his gravitational field. I know it because well, that's just Keenan Allen. I love yeah, him. He's he great. He's a special boy. I love him. But I just have fears about the Chargers in general and their head coaching hire to me. That is so important because if it is Harbaugh, I don't know if I'm going to be going gun ho for the Chargers. I think the hype there is just going to be too much for me. But that is a definitely let's see what happens when the smoke definitely clears. Well, it'll be the best receiving core that Jim Harbaugh has had in the NFL. For, for sure. Because, for sure. I mean, the four, those 49ers teams were not known for their receivers, really. Mm-hmm. It was the defense, but uh, and the quarterback, but I don't know. I mean, there are rumors like even like over the summer where it was like Keenan Allen this year could could be like a cap casualty for the Chargers, mm-hmm. and you know they just drafted Quentin Johnston, Mike Williams. Well, Mike Williams is also a free agent, isn't he? Uh, no, Mike Williams is on a long term deal. Oh, he's on a long term deal. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they have Johnston, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer did some stuff for them. So, I mean, I would hate it. Although, I mean, there's a home for him in green and white if he does become a free agent. But, mm-hmm. like, I I don't know. I would also be afraid of that if Keenan Allen gets cut. I see... If Keenan Allen gets cut, man, there would be so many teams that would love to bring him in. Holy yeah. smokes. And he would go to a contender. He would absolutely go to a contender. Well, think about it. There was a guy from from his draft class that got surprised cut last year. That's true. Like nobody thought that DeAndre Hopkins was gonna get cut last year after the season that he had in Arizona. Um There were rumblings about it. There were rumblings about it. I, I, I wouldn't say I, I if I said last year that it was impossible that DeAndre Hopkins got cut, that was misinformed. I was misinformed because I thought there was okay. a chance. I don't think it's well, nothing's impossible. No, for no, the no, especially in 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 this line of work, you learn very quickly. There is no such thing as impossible. Yeah, I mean, honestly, DeAndre Hopkins didn't have a great season in twenty twenty two. Anyway, well, that's also because he missed the first six weeks because of a suspension. Yes, that is also true. So, and then he was definitely... playing with Trace McSorley, who wouldn't throw him the ball. Well, he also had, um, oh shit, Colt McCoy. Was... Colt McCoy, yes, yes. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Had him too. Had him yeah. too. Oh, DeAndre, what a guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's kind of it. Yeah, I think that's it as well. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Don't forget to. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Submit questions to the mailbag, not just football questions. Uh, we're 
still going to be doing those uh, at least once a month. Yep. And we will talk to you next time for my co-host at Birdsall. I'm Adam Caster. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye.